0: Hopefully we're all, we're all going to stay awake, stay fired up um, and stay with me. So tonight's discussion, we're going to be discussing boundaries, boundaries. And I think everyone has a fairly um, uh, implicit understanding of what boundaries are, but we're going to go through them and just to, to get some clarity on what boundaries mean, uh, how they apply to our life and how they affect our spiritual life. Now, Usually when we're talking about boundaries, it can apply to any circumstance in any scenario. So think of this in whatever circumstance you are, whether you are single, whether you are engaged, dare I say dating, or even married, it doesn't matter. There are boundaries that apply within all of our lives and there are things that we need to be conscious of in terms of boundaries and boundary setting. So boundaries. Boundaries are things that limit or define actual behaviour. If we think about boundaries, they're really a set of guidelines, a set of rules or a set of limits that we have for ourselves. And that can be something that we apply to ourselves or something that we apply to our friendships or something that we apply to our relationships. Yeah. Now the important thing is that we create those. We create those and that helps identify who we are. So boundaries are not these things that are just sort of given to us. They're something that we create based on our beliefs, based on who we wanna be and who we are. They create a reasonable, safe, allowable way for other people to interact with us, yeah? So in a work setting, if somebody comes up to you at work and starts yelling at you, that could be a breach of a boundary. Where you don't want to be disrespected at work. You don't want to be yelled at at work. So that could be a breach of a boundary that you have. So that's, that's the kind of thing. That we're talking about the environment that I create for myself. Here's the thing. All healthy relationships now I said to you before you can be single engaged dating married it doesn't matter but all healthy relationships have boundaries have boundaries that should not be crossed as I set them for myself so so far i have covered two things here the first thing is that a boundary is something that I set the second thing is is it sets the tone for how I interact with the people around me. So these things here form a healthy relationship. If we have the right boundary structure, we have a healthy relationship. Um, Think of a, a couple. They could be dating, they could be engaged, where one person is constantly yelling at the other or putting them down. Is that a healthy boundary or is that an unhealthy relationship healthy or unhealthy what do you reckon unhealthy right it's unhealthy because one person is feeling as though they're uh, being put down so what we create with our boundaries is really important now when we're talking about this um, it's something that both parties have to agree to that both People in this relationship whether it's a friendship um, or a relationship between a couple both parties have to agree to it both parties have to set the boundaries and expectations for their relationship for that to be a success and both parties have to agree to that boundary as well it's really really important that happens when it doesn't happen that's when you get the disharmony that's when you get the disruption that's when you get the problems that form so it's really important that both parties agree to that. So tonight we're going to cover what boundaries mean at different stages of our life. Um, As I say, we're single, dating, engaged, married, um, the purpose of having boundaries and what happens when boundaries are broken. And this is really important because it's not just, oh, sorry, I did that. Yep. And it's a quick apology and we move on. It really can escalate to circumstances that are completely out of control. So it's important that we're aware of it so that we can deal with it. So when you ask yourself, why is it important to have boundaries? Um, We're all under a lot of pressure. We are racing through life, we are trying to get so much done in so much less time, whether we are studying, working, serving at church, serving on Uh, mission, helping with the youth, helping our families, helping our brothers and sisters, our friends. There's a lot going on. And it's when the pressure starts to mount that people's behavior can change a little bit. It's when the pressure starts to build that cracks can form. And it's not an intentional thing, but sometimes that can happen. Um, interestingly, when, when you look up uh, the divorce rates, everyone knows the divorce rates are escalating, right? They're, they're climbing, more and more couples are getting divorced. And when you ask questions around why, well no, no couple gets together with the intention of we're gonna have a really good divorce. No couple starts saying we're gonna come together and you know we're gonna break up by this time. So things happen over the course of time. Couples get together with the intention of being happy, of being aligned, of building a life together. But for whatever reason, these are some of the causes of, of things coming apart. They no longer have the, sh- the same shared interests. They don't communicate well. Um, there's outside problems that intrude and break things down. There's financial or intimacy issues. There's physical or mental abuse. So all of these things happen when there's a break in a boundary, when there's a break in the way we treat the other party, the other person. And you can almost bring it down to these four things. Communication, trust, respect, and love. They're the four things. When you start to break communication, what happens? People drift apart. When you start to break trust, what happens? There isn't the confidence that I know this person is going to treat me the right way. When you start to break respect for the other party, what happens? Well, I can't be appreciated if I'm disrespected. So, all of these things really break apart a friendship, they break apart a marriage, they break apart relationships. You know, one of, the, one of the most interesting things I heard um, from friends of mine who'd been married for probably 25 years. Something happened and she was describing it and she said, oh, and my husband found out and I was really embarrassed. It wasn't something she did, but I was really embarrassed. Isn't that interesting? The boundaries of their relationship were that there there were still areas in her life that she could be embarrassed about. That there were still areas in there that she held, that she committed to, that she felt embarrassed in front of her husband. There was a huge amount of respect between them for each other as well. This is from the book of Romans, chapter 12. Be devoted to one another in love honor one another above yourself. So when we're talking about breaking a boundary or treating somebody with disrespect, really, that goes against the grain of this very verse. It goes against the grain of what God asked us to do. Now again, just apply this thinking to either your friendship or your relationships, your engagements or your marriages. The second we breach this commandment, the second we breach this instruction, the second we dishonor each other, there's that break in trust, there's that break in respect, there's that break in love. And that's when things can start to deteriorate. That's when things change. And they can change dramatically. So I thought I'd break up, you know, people with, in, in a relationship that have healthy boundaries. What does that look like? When you've got healthy boundaries, you know you have limits and you recognize what those limits are. You know what those limits are. Um, I've got to be honest with you, uh, there's, there's relationships where husband and wife, the husband has never heard the wife swear. And they've been married for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And that for the wife is a limit, is a boundary. That for the husband is a boundary. Trying to make each other better. So, setting those boundaries, knowing where those limits are, and knowing when I'm about to cross a line. Really important. Healthy boundaries mean that you know what they will or will not do. What they will or won't do. We know what they will allow others to do or not do. You've probably all seen these sorts of scenarios where um, people allow themselves to be in relationships where they're disrespected, or where they're treated badly, or where they're, they're really abused mentally. And you kind of, people on the outside looking in going, I can't believe she lets herself be treated like that. I can't believe he lets himself be spoken to like that. How does that happen? Does that happen quickly, or does that happen gradually? How does that happen? How do we let ourselves fall into these situations? Well, it all starts with a break in the boundaries and expectations that we set for ourselves. Remember, I said at the start, this is about taking ownership of the boundaries that I have for me, of the rules that I have for me. And all of our rules, fundamentally, are based on what the Bible teaches. If you thought you were coming tonight to hear what the boundaries are in a dating relationship, I think you guys are old enough to know about your own physical boundaries, but here we're talking more about the emotional and spiritual boundaries. We're not in high school anymore, we're much further than that, and we need to set our own boundaries for the things that we do. When we don't have healthy boundaries, when we have very unhealthy boundaries, this is the result, this is what happens. People don't know what information to share. You ever sat on a plane next to someone and you say, hi, how are you? And the customary response is fine, thanks, but somebody will turn around and go, oh, I'm okay, but I had a really swollen leg, and now I've got like this pussy infection on my knee, and then they, they start kind of like this down, this. It's a bit of oversharing. So some people, when they don't have boundaries, really overshare, they don't know what information is appropriate to share versus not, Appropriate to share. People with, uh, without healthy boundaries often trust too easily, a little bit too trusting. No, no, no. I'm a little bit undecided. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? But knowing what we stand for, knowing what God wants for us, means that we're empowered to make a choice. We're empowered to make a decision about what we should or should not be saying. Uh, Now, people with unhealthy boundaries also don't have clearly defined limits. Don't have clearly defined limits. What do I mean by that? Um, I was watching an interview one time with a soldier who was really aggrieved at having gone to Iraq, and Afghanistan, and all the rest of it, and he said, I will not allow my person to be in that circumstance again. I will not allow myself to be in that circumstance. Those words really struck me. I will not allow myself to be in that situation again. If we don't know what we stand for, if we don't know what our limits are, then how do we know when we've stepped over the line? How do we know if we're in a situation that is not in our best interest, that is not going to help us improve ourselves spiritually, that is not going to allow us to fall into some sort of corrupt behavior at work? How do we know? If the environment that we're in allows us to behave in a certain way or causes us to behave in a certain way, we need to know where to draw the line. And it's really important when we have, when we're talking about boundaries. Okay, let's jump forward. When we cross boundaries, there's um, sometimes a permissible intrusion. And what what I mean by that is, I might have a boundary that I set for myself, but I allow people to break that. I allow people in to break that. And sometimes there are boundaries that are violated by other people. And that's when there's a real violation of me as a person. But here's the thing. When a boundary is crossed with a friend, the result is usually the same. And that is that people are usually hurt. People can be hurt quite easily. This is a a verse from the book of Proverbs. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. What are walls? Walls are boundaries. Walls are boundaries. And what's a city without walls? A city without walls is open to anyone and everyone coming in and dominating that city and taking that city over and hurting the people in that city. We lack boundaries that protect us, that protect our heart. This is the result. The result is that we could be decimated. We could be broken down. We could be taken over. We could be consumed and destroyed. God calls us to have boundaries around the things that we do, the things that we allow into our life. The question is, have we got the right thing? Have we done the right thing? And the problem that we often uh, face as youth is that sometimes we haven't quite formed all of our rules yet. Sometimes we haven't quite formed all of our yes-nos yet. Uh, and I'm sure you all know who Aristotle is. Aristotle said that well begun is half done. We're halfway through. Can you imagine an interview where you turned up and, and the interviewer asked you a question, you're a bit wishy-washy with all your answers? Oh yeah, I worked there for a little bit. Oh, it wasn't too long. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I did a bit of that sometimes. What happens with the interview? A bit wishy-washy. If you're not clear on your own personal boundaries, then how do you know or how can you set clarity for people around you? So, this is from the book of Revelations. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I will spit you out of my mouth. We know that. We know that. It's not the first time we've heard that. Boundaries help establish who we are, who we are as Christians. No, I will not support euthanasia. That is somebody taking their own life. No, I will not support abortion. That is the killing of a life. Setting up those boundaries for us personally, also impacts us spiritually. So, what happens if we break our boundaries? The circumstance or behavior that doesn't align with my values or my belief, or a breach in my boundaries, It's actually um, a psychological term and it results in what's called cognitive dissonance. Do you guys know what that is? I'll break it down for you. Cognitive is my thinking, my understanding, my belief. Dissonance means a disharmony. A disharmony from the environment that I'm in to what I believe, yeah? Make sense? We've all experienced it. We've all experienced it, we all kind of understand it, but I thought, you know what, let's, let's create um, a little bit of a cognitive dissonance. And when you feel it, you'll feel a little bit uncomfortable. Is that cool? So when we break our boundaries, we're gonna feel uncomfortable, might even feel a little bit upset, might feel a bit disappointed, might feel disheartened or angry. Okay, uh, this is the audience participation bit. So for those of you who are a little bit sleepy, wake up a little bit. Quick question. Attitude and boundary in your own head, yes or no? Uh, And I, I may have done this with some of you before, but let's ask the question again. Texting while driving is dangerous. Yes? Yes? All right, show of hands, yes. Texting while driving is dangerous, okay, no worries. Agreed, we get concordance on that one. We all agree on that one. Soft drinks are unhealthy beverages. Yes? Agreed. Okay. Anybody disagree? No, we're all good so far. Eating junk food is an unhealthy behaviour. Yes? No? I've got half hands. Half hands? Yes, agree. Oh, who, who doesn't agree with me? Ah. <laughs> So is it you don't think junk food eating junk food is unhealthy? What's junk food? I like okay. You define it. What's junk food? I just feel like there's nothing wrong with having a bit of, a bit of chocolate or Okay. So in in your recommendations for a healthy lifestyle. Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. I agree. I agree. Um, how about if I have pizza for dinner, McDonald's for breakfast, and KFC for lunch. But then, the, then you're saying eating junk food all the time is unhealthy. Okay. okay, all right, okay. So should I change it to eating junk food all the time is unhealthy? What about eating junk food 50% of the time is unhealthy? Eating junk food 80% of the time is unhealthy. Oh, no, I'm going to go the other way. Eating junk food 30% of the time is unhealthy. Okay. So we're kind of finding a midpoint here. So eating junk food seven out of 10 times is unhealthy. 30% of the time is okay, 20% is okay. Oh, okay, that's okay. Everyone's got their boundaries. Right, let's go with um, the dissonance bit. This This is the disharmony bit. What was the first question? Texting while, I drive, t- texting while driving is dangerous, yeah? Okay, um, I'm gonna ask a different question to what's up here, but in the last month, how many people in here texted while they're driving? In the last month, how many people read a text message while they were driving? Does that count as texting? Okay, but we just said texting while we're driving is dangerous. Does that mean that we're all engaging in dangerous behavior? Yes, we are. Okay, let's just jump into the next one. Um, Drinking soft drinks is not good, right? We said it's unhealthy. Uh, I drink soft drinks once or twice a week. Who drinks soft drinks once or twice a week? No, okay, oh, okay, I've only got a handful of it. Okay, cool, that's good. So was there a dissonance there for the people who put up their hand? Agreed that it's unhealthy, but I drink soft drinks. Hmm. Anybody feeling a bit of discomfort? That's the dissonance bit, that's the disharmony bit. I believe that texting while you drive is dangerous. I text while I drive. (coughs) Hmm. We'll get to that in a second. And the last one, in the last week, in the last month, in the last whatever, I've eaten four meals of junk food. One meal? Okay, all right, that's not too bad, it's not too bad. So we've got three examples there of a spread of a cognitive dissonance, what I believe to be bad and what I'm doing which is bad. Let's focus in on the text while I drive thing. Um, let's focus in on that, because I think it's important that we break that down. I text while I, texting while driving is dangerous. I text while I drive. Why? Give me a reason. One good reason. All right, one average reason. One poor reason. I'm bored, okay. Yeah, I really love your honesty, it's really cool. It's great, okay, I'm bored, I'm bored. I wanna see what messages come through. You are out. I'm impatient, okay. You all Any other reasons while we're texting while we drive? Making plans. Making plans, very important. By the way, I'm not judging. This is not a judgment. This is, not, a, you know, this is a, not shining the light on people doing the wrong thing. This is for you. This is just trying to demonstrate what a discomfort in a belief versus my behavior causes. And I know everyone is sitting here with all the justifications in the world, all of them in their own head, and in our own head, that makes perfect sense. I don't do it all the time, okay? I only do it sometimes when the text message is really important, okay? I only do it at the traffic lights, okay? I use Siri to dictate, okay? I, there's like a million and one reasons that people will come up with as to why what they believe in is okay to break just this one time. So our behavior doesn't align with our belief. What happens over time? We actually start to believe a different thing. So if we go through, let me just go through this quickly. So there's that uncomfortable tension which comes down to two conflicting things. The thought in my head that I believe and my action, my behavior, my circumstance that I'm in. That causes an un- uncomfortable tension. As the dissonance comes in, the importance of the thought, my thinking, the importance of it will really create the level of discomfort that I feel. I'll give you a simple one. Um, hurting another person is wrong. Right? That's, that's a pretty it's a big one. I don't want to hurt another person. I don't want to. I don't want to stab another person, I don't want to hurt another person, right? That's a big one. So if I accidentally hurt someone, I would be, I would be destroyed. Yeah? I would be upset at the fact that I have hurt someone. So the discomfort level goes up, goes up, depending on the severity of my belief. Also in there is how strongly that dissonant thought conflicts with my belief and our, inab- our inability to rationalise and explain away that conflict. So I can't justify any reason why I would hurt someone. Yeah? Okay. So what, what's the result? What's the result? To release the tension, this is what happens. We either, we either have to cha- change our circumstance or behavior or whatever is breaching the boundary or we justify the behavior by changing what we think of that behavior the last one is we justify our behavior by adding new thinking okay so I either change the circumstance, I either justify the behavior by changing my thinking of it, or I justify the behavior by adding a new release, a new excuse for it. I didn't really want to hurt that person, but he was about to hurt me. Okay, so what? An action completed can't be taken back, yeah? Once something's happened, we can't withdraw that. It's already happened. It's the same thing, a breach in our boundary, a breach in my boundary can't be taken back. So there's a consequence to that. Once it's happened, there's a consequence to it. Now, if the beliefs beliefs are moved, then the dissonance appears during decision-making. So the next time something happens, We take actions we would not normally take because our belief system has now been jutted. The result is this. Over time, we get like a loosening of our beliefs. Over time, we get like a little bit of a breach of our boundaries. Over time, Things stretch and morph, and sometimes they mutate into a horrible, horrible form. Perfect example, what happens when the police intervene in a household where there's domestic violence? You guys are probably all familiar with this, right? Husband and wife, the wife is beating up on the husband. The police have to intervene. Now, by the way, wives do beat up on husbands. not always husbands beating up on wives. The wife is beating up on the husband. Or the the husband is beating up on the wife. The police have to intervene. The partner that's aggrieved, the partner that is battered and bruised, goes into the police station and says, but they they don't really mean it. They're really tired from work. They're really upset because something happened. And that's the situation that we find ourselves in. So if you allow something that is a core value that I have, to break a boundary and then continue to break the boundary, the result is that I change my belief system. I justify things to a point where I change my beliefs. Does that make sense? Having firm boundaries is really important. And boundaries are not just emotional or intellectual boundaries that we set between us and a partner, us and a friend, they're also spiritual boundaries. And this is where it gets really important. When we're talking about spiritual boundaries and guidelines, there are things that we need to consider. Um, Things like doctrine, for instance. We are all at risk of being constantly bombarded and penetrated by all manner of thinking out there. I don't know how many times we get onto Facebook or Instagram, and there's somebody who has no authority on anything giving us a perspective on something. How do we know that the doctrine that we're learning is actually from a a regulated source or a respected source or somebody of sound thinking? So we've got to have some spiritual boundaries. And by the way, this is not new. It's not new. It's not new. The Church of Ephesus, had a, did a really good job of protecting themselves and the doctrine that was created. In the book of Revelations 1-2, you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. This is not something new. What about companions, the friends that we keep? Friends, people that we hang out with. Walk could the wise become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm? That's from the book of Proverbs. We've got to have boundaries. Like I'm not saying that, oh, we've got to push people out. Not, certainly not pushing people out of church. But we have to have boundaries and things, that lines that we don't want, do not want to cross. If I'm connected with people that all they want to do is party and um, go out and get drunk or get high or whatever it might be, how is that going to influence my life? Remember, friendships are formed on, based on a commonality, something that we share in common, something that we appreciate with each other. And if I allow one instance of it, two instances, then that becomes the norm. So I'm sorry to say parents are right. What about morality? This one's really straightforward. There's absolutely no discussion in this one. From 2 Timothy 2.22, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. And the reason it's termed that way, the reason it's worded that way, is because what we have in our heart is really precious. It is a very special thing that we carry. It's a special blessing from God. And he's entrusted us to protect that, not to destroy it with physical desires, not to allow ourselves to go into situations which are going to... Drive us in the wrong direction. And that's really important for us to have those boundaries. Idolatry. Now, idolatry is, you know, in the old days it was worshipping of idols, right? In the new days, in the days of today, it's not necessarily idols, they take on different forms. It's a complete obsession with my Instagram page, it's a complete obsession with whatever car I'm driving, it is a complete obsession. It's an addiction to Facebook. It's, a, it's an addiction to the social world, which is not real. Idolatry is actually anything that takes us away from God, anything that removes us from being able to be in his presence, from being able to worship him. Because when we worship him, we're fulfilling our purpose, our purpose in life. Believe it or not, our purpose in life was not to be just created to marry and have kids and, you know, and that's it, and die and that's it. Our purpose in life is to actually bring God's glory, to live God's glory, to accept the gift that he gives us, to be a part of that. That's our true purpose in life. This is from the book of Psalms. Whom... Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. We've all heard it before. There's nothing on this earth that we're going to take with us. You can't take your Snapchat account with you. We're better off focusing on our spiritual life. We're better off focusing on how we feel inside and our connection to God. Now, everything that we've talked about here is really something you can apply in a secular life, some rules that you can apply to yourself whether you're in the workplace, university, um, out with friends, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You can apply that to just living, day-to-day living. The difference with being Christian, though, is our connectivity, our connection with God. This is not about just going to work. This is not about just getting a job done. This is about our spiritual growth with God. We cannot... We cannot progress unless we're spiritually growing with God. That's all right. Thanks, Mark. I think the microphone. Microphone's done? Thanks for coming. I actually don't have a lot of slides left. We've covered quite a lot. There's a lot there for you guys to think about. I haven't given you, I haven't given you the rules. I haven't said the rules of the boundaries are this. When you are a dating couple, when you are an engaged couple, don't do this. I think you guys are old enough to know what the boundaries are, whether they be physical or spiritual. You know where you're going as a couple. Because you have to be aligned. (laughs) Can't hear you? Thank you. Take two. Hello. Okay, back on. So this isn't necessarily about setting those rules. This isn't about how your partner should speak to you or shouldn't speak to you. That's something for you guys to establish for yourself. That's something for you to establish with your spiritual fathers. That's something that you need to think about seriously. But the important thing is you've got to take ownership of it now. It's it's yours to own. Because if you don't own it, what you're saying is, I don't value what God has given me. And that's not right. Because each one of us is absolutely precious in the sight of God. Each one of us carries Christ in their heart. Okay, so they're the things that we need to consider in our spiritual boundaries, our spiritual guidelines. And it's really simple. Here's a blueprint. How we do that is we ask God to fill, every, fill our hearts every day with his spirit. It's, it's really interesting. We kind of allow all these things into our heads, all these things into our lives, Always, you know, the music, the songs, the language, whatever, whatever you let in. But like they say, you know, garbage in, garbage out. Um, I was watching an interview with Tamav Irini, and she just had this really, really simple line. She said, when you spend time with God, you fill yourself with God. When you spend time without God, you're filling yourself with whatever else it is. So to spend time with God is to actually top up, is to fill ourselves with God's love. The fruit of the Spirit, right? Yeah? So how can we project something bad when we've been filling ourselves with God? So ask God every day to fill us, me, with his Spirit. Number two, ask God to tame the tongue. Um... A lot of the stuff we talk about is, you know, we haven't delved too deeply into the, into the physical, but a lot of it is the verbal. It comes from the tongue. And yesterday, our Sunday school kids here had a talk all about taming the tongue and the dangers of the tongue and how in the book of Timothy, we refer to the tongue as though it's a rudder on a massive ship. That little thing at the end of the ship that can steer a massive ship through the ocean taming the tongue, saying kind words to each other and projecting the love that God's given us. Make God's words my words. That's what we were talking about before. All right? So if we fill our hearts, if we fill our minds with God's words, then the words that come out will be God's words. Take the time to read the book of Proverbs. Take the time to read uh, Ephesians, take the time to read God's word and it will live in you. You can't help but then remember the verses from Proverbs when you're in a bad situation. And then make God's, God's will my will. This is where, again, like it's, a, it's a tough one because I want something, but maybe God wants something else and I don't know what that is. So make God's will my will. Last two slides, promise. Um, whether you know it or not, the Bible actually approves the concept of no. That's what we're talking about with boundaries, right? No, I will not let that happen. No, I will not serve too much. And that's okay. So the Bible itself, and this is uh, from uh, uh, Bishop Yusuf, some of his writings. From the book of Matthew, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. If we hold true to the boundaries that we set, then our yes is yes and our no is no. If we start to change some of those, then maybe our no is sometimes a yes. And our yes is maybe sometimes a no. You become lukewarm. The boundaries help set up all of this, and it's okay to say no. So I want to leave you with two verses. This is from the Book of Psalms: "Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you." And from Matthew seven twelve: "So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you." For this sums up the law of the pro- and the prophets. The important thing when we're talking about boundaries is really just setting up for me what I expect. And when you know what you expect and what you will or will not do, that sets a really, really clear pathway for the friends that we keep, for the people we have in our life, for our relationship with our parents and the relationship with colleagues at work and all manner of things. But the most important thing is we have to take ownership of the boundaries that we have. And without them, we can't spiritually grow. Glory be to God forever. Amen.